All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Two Friends Watch podcast. You're listening to episode three. I'm Josh. I'm Summer. And we're the two friends. Summer, do you know what I love most about our podcast? (laughs) What? Is that the thing I love most is that no matter what, rain or snow, one of us could be dying on the ground. But we will do this podcast every week. We never miss a week. Incorrect. And do you know why that's incorrect, Joshua? Oh, that's right. We, we missed last week. Why did we miss last week? Um, uh, scheduling is our official reason. But our other reason is that the film we were talking about was just not... I not was totally willing to power through it and talk about this garbage film for like 10 minutes and then have another 45 minutes of riffing. <laughs> yeah, guys, we were going to do Groundhog Day, but like, I we just didn't get anything out of it. No. Absolutely nothing. I think this week we'll, we'll get something out of this, right? Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, right. A lot more interesting. All right. So what we're talking about this week is a new 2020 movie just dropped on Disney Plus, Artemis Fowl. Mm-hmm. Have you had any experience with Artemis Fowl before? Are you, like, relatively new? Because I'm pretty new. Uh, I had no idea that it existed until you texted me that we should do it on the podcast. You've never heard of the books or anything? No, I, my plan was to buy the books after watching this and then compare and like bring it up in a later episode about how good the book, books were in comparison to this. Yeah. Um, this is something. I have, this beats the B movie. I have six and a half pages of commentary. <laughs> six and, yeah, and it's it's like the... Well, we can we can go run run times only ninety five minutes. It's an hour and a half. It felt so long. It felt like so many movies crammed into one, but it's also an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. Wow. So yeah, this was directed by Kenneth Branagh. If you didn't know, he did Cinderella, the reboot in twenty fifteen. He also did the. First Thor movie. Stuff yep. like that. So he's worked at Disney before, so not he, a bad director either. He also did like a lot of weird Shakespeare stuff. Yeah, that's kind of what he was known for, and, and he just kind of moved into being the studio director guy who just does projects for studios. Yeah. But yeah, he's a respected director. I I don't know what happened. Should we should we blame him? I mean, if you didn't know, he's also got another movie he directed coming out this year. Did you, did you hear of um? Did you ever hear about Murder on the Orient Express from a few years ago? Remember that? Um, I didn't hear about it, but I did read it when I looked up the director of this movie. Yeah, so that was like kind of this mystery book from the a while ago that they adapted into film. And so he's got the sequel to that coming out also this year. So I assume what happened here is that he phoned this in just to get a paycheck so he could work on that other movie. Yeah, probably. But wow. Wow, what a phone in there. I mean, most of what he's done hasn't been like original content. It's all been like... Adapted work, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm... He didn't adapt this very good. I hadn't even read the read the books. I am going to buy the books and then I'll report back. So, um, starring, you want to hear the cast? Because, uh, Of course I do. We got Thirtieth Shaw as Artemis Fowl. Do you know this is his first role ever? This kid that plays Artemis Fowl. Really? N- never acted before. He did pretty good for never acting before. He looked familiar, oh, though. I meant to look him up. I'd have to disagree with that. 
good for first time. I didn't say good, period. Yeah. I think what happened here is, so he knew someone who was in the studio business. He's related to someone. That's how he got the part. Do you know who he's related to? Who is he related to? Robert Shaw. Um, He was like the hunter from Jaws. Okay. Yeah, so he's the grandson of, of that guy. Lucky bastard. I, I don't know if he'll be acting too much in the future. Depends. I mean, he's a, he's a, a cute kid, so people are going to want to steal him for something if, be, if children end up liking the movie. We got Laura McDonald as the, the elf who just kind of shows up. Yeah. And Artemis imprisons her and lets her out, and they become best friends in like 20 minutes. Not even. Not even. Josh Gad. Josh Gad in this movie is something else, honestly. I have very, like, mixed emotions about what Josh Gad did for this movie. He's simultaneously bringing life to it, but also making it so much worse. Mm-hmm. It's, oof. Colin Farrell played Artemis' dad. He just kind of shows up for two minutes, but still the best actor in this. Mm, that's debatable. <laughs> no, no, name of who else is better than, than Colin Fit? No one is good in this. This is in not. This movie, here's the thing I'm biased for Josh Gad for a million reasons, just in general. Um, he was in the original cast of Book of Mormon, which you haven't listened to, I don't think. No, I've And not. Frozen 2 is probably one of my favorite movies ever. Mm, big Josh Kid. Yeah. I don't have that connection. Mm-hmm. Didn't work. And then you're we not have, a theater kid. Well, you're not a have... musical theater kid. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. We have Judy Dench playing Commander Root, the gender swap version of her. I found out. You know, you know what her previous movie that she was in before this was? Cats. Cats. She went from cats to this. I wrote that in my notes, all caps. Judy Dench was in Cats. She, what is? Whoever her like manager is needs to get out. I don't understand what's going. I don't remember what other movies that she's in, and I looked her up, and I didn't recognize like most of them, but there's a movie where she plays almost the exact same role. As what she does here? Yeah. And I can't put my finger on it. It's been bothering me for like six hours now. The thing that bugs me most about this cast is that two, Josh Gad and Judy Dench both do this weird Batman voice that is so bizarre and <laughs> unnecessary. Like, just use Josh Gad's normal voice. We like it. We like Olaf's voice. Why Why did we... Without it... the voice, he's almost unrecognizable. I thought it was Jack Black. It was that unrecognizable. He does look like Jack Black. Mm-hmm. I had to I... look up the cast. I never look up the cast for the, for the movies that we do. I don't have a lot of trivia here, because... Because no one wants to write trivia, so oh. I didn't find a lot. I have a little bit, because I was interested in the costumes. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so no one knows who this is, probably. But the costume designer is Sammy Sheldon Differ, and she probably did the most research out of anyone on this entire damn movie. <laughs> <laughs> what, did you, what else did she work on? Um, I don't know, but whatever it is, I'm going to watch it. Mm. Uh, you know this movie's been in development since 2001, and just yeah, finally got around. <laughs> yeah, and what have the movie rights apparently were sold to Disney before the first book was even published. So they've had this in the can for a long time, and they just finally got around to releasing it. If it went on for that long, and it, like still, it's so bad. I think they filmed this in like 2017. And it just kept getting delayed because I remember it kept hitting new release dates. And then finally they were like, let's just dump it on Disney Plus. And I'm 
glad they did because otherwise people would have paid to see this. <laughs> God. Mm. The only other piece of trivia that I have that's, like, kind of cool, like, I wrote down 88 people on the costuming team, which, depending on your view, could be a lot or not enough. But they built, like, the, the Foul Manor, they built that specifically for... This, this movie, like inside and out, heating and cooling, like it's it's a house that you could live in. You could tell they poured all their budget into that because that's the only location of the entire movie. Like they go 20 minutes to like the elf land or whatever, but it's just the majority is there. Mm-hmm. And it's super pretty. Like the movie is super pretty. Oh, it's great. Yeah. Like the tech is the the tech in the setting is the best part. Well, I wouldn't say full tech because there's some really bad visual effects here, like the um Josh Gad mouth dirt thing. I don't even know what to describe it as. That didn't bother me as much as the little beard tentacles that he had. <laughs> All of it was like cat's level nightmarish. I I don't oh. know, like, and then he the. The part where the beard tentacles come in when he's like talking sensually to this uh to this lock. Right. To the safe is like he's met it before and it's in it he failed to open it. Like I don't understand where that was supposed to come from and how the audience was supposed to resonate with that or like recognize that as a thing. I don't know how the audience was supposed to resonate with this movie at all, period. (laughs) The last thing I got in here is that Colin Farrell shot his scenes in three days. Because he's that little into the movie. Uh Uh-huh. What a waste, too. That's a good actor. And this whole film is a waste because... One side of it is like pretty good, so good to the mo- for the most part, and then there's the whole like acting, writing, dialogue, like inconsistency. Everything half. else. This felt like garbage. the most studio metal movie I've ever seen. I don't mm-hmm. know, like I would be fascinated to watch probably like a short documentary on the making of this and what went wrong. Like, not a documentary that Disney puts out where they hype it up, but, like, a documentary where they reveal everything that went wrong and all the yeah. troubles on set. Mm-hmm. Do I mean, you have... Oh, yeah, go ahead. Go no, ahead. no. Ask no, the... No, I was going to move on, but what were you saying? Oh, um... The... Probably the best decision that they made during this entire movie, like pre, like pre-planning, filming, right. and then after editing, was um, filming it in Northern Ireland in like all of these. There's three main places that they filmed it at, and they're all mm-hmm. super gorgeous. And that's like the only reason that this movie was good. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of of on lo- location shooting because you know a lot of especially early 2000s they were doing a lot of green screen blue screen type stuff but now we're getting back to okay let's film at these locations in the real environment and it just looks a lot better on screen mm-hmm. same do you have any positives for this movie before we just go into like negatives because i don't have the first 40 minutes for me, the first, like, 35 minutes was mostly positive notes, actually. I See, I knew when I looked at the Rod Tomato score, I was like, oof, this is going to be rough, isn't it? What is so, it? It's, I think it's at a 9% right now. <gasps> <laughs> yeah. Um, so about, like, 10 minutes in, I was fine. I was, But it was going really fast. Like, they were just introducing stuff and just throwing everything at you. And Josh mm-hmm. Gad's doing this terrible narration trying to explain everything. Mm-hmm. And by the first half hour, I was just, I was completely taken out of it. But it was still weirdly enjoyable, but also not. 
the love-hate relationship I have already with this film. Yeah. If if the first 35 minutes represented the last portion of the movie, it would have been, like, so much better. But it's not. It, like, totally cuts off right there as soon as he plans to capture the fairy or he alludes to the plan, it's over. It's... So, like, the plot should be pretty simple, right? His dad gets kidnapped, and he has to go find his dad by getting the... What was the thing called? Like, that he had to grab? The Aculos. The Ac... Yeah, you just watched it recently, right? I watched it a few days ago. Mm-hmm. I don't... I already don't remember. Um... But yeah, he has to get this Aculos. And then we move away from Artemis for like a half hour. And just we're in the fairy world. And then they do some stuff and then go attack the manor. But then we find out that the Aculos is in the house the whole time. Mm-hmm. I don't understand what was the what was the point of this. I mean... There's certain parts that were like, I wonder if this is the book's fault or the director's fault. No, I've heard that the book fans were very unhappy and that they've changed a lot. Okay. This, I mean, the books were loved. This couldn't be anything like how they are. For one thing, um, in the books, Artemis Fowl was like a anti-hero criminal mastermind type thing. And in this film... We have Ferdia Shaw just being nice the whole time. And then, like, the last five minutes, he's like, I'm a criminal mastermind. I'm like, no, you're not. You haven't done anything criminal besides, like, locking up someone for ten minutes. <laughs> oh, God. This film. Isn't that how they describe it in the description on Disney Plus 2? Is like, the criminal masterminds Artemis and Artemis, or whatever. It's the most watered down version of a criminal. It's not even. He's not even a criminal. He didn't do anything criminal. No. Like people, people attacked his house and he defended it. That's not. He hasn't done anything. Oh wait, no. He broke Josh Gad out of prison at the end. Oh, I'm sorry. That's. He's a criminal mastermind. My bad. Didn't okay. I that's what I thought in the beginning when he was doing the when he started the narration and at the end he was like that's why artemis planned this interrogation yeah he said something along those lines so that's the only thing that really alludes to the fact that either that either of the artemises are criminals or intend to be criminals at all i think the josh gad narration thing at all is just the worst because you can kind of tell that they made a probably a long movie, I suspect, like two-hour movie, two-and-a-half-hour. And then they realize, they're like, oh, this is really bad. So what they did, they're like, okay, let's just make it a quick 90 minutes. It's still going to be bad, but, you know, it'll be quick. Like, end the, end the misery soon. But then it didn't make full sense, so they just had Josh Gad filling in all the parts, doing his Batman voice. Artemis Fowl is so great. He's a criminal masturbite. <laughs> no one can stop him. Just to try to make the movie make sense, but that's... Mm-hmm. I don't want... I hate jumping around, and I know we do it all the time, but the no, end of the movie is um, like every scene from the last 20 minutes, it's like, oh, the movie's gonna end now. Oh, the movie's gonna end now. Oh, it's gonna end now. And then it never, ever does. And then it ends on this stupid note where the fairy's flying next to the helicopter and they look into each other's eyes and whatever. See, I had more of the, the movie just doesn't have an ending. Because at the end, Artemis is like, okay, we're gonna go take on this bad guy. Do you remember the, the villain's name that kidnapped Colin Farrell? Because I don't. It was Opal Kobe? K-O-B-O-I. I'm so surprised you remember this. You've only watched it just like probably an hour ago. I never even wrote it down or anything. I was just like, that's such a... Like, they don't... The way that they introduce the name is total garbage, too. But 
I didn't even remember the ending of the movie, and I watched it an hour ago. (laughs) (laughs) The ending. Artemis is like, okay, we're going to go fight you, Opal. And then they don't fight him. It just ends. Uh, I don't. Opal's Mm. voice is awful. The ending reminded me a lot of, um, did you ever watch Alita Battle Angel from last year? Mm-mm. So that was another movie where, like, they wanted to set up a sequel, so they just don't end the movie. They don't have an ending, so people are like, okay, we have to see this continue. Artemis was doing the same thing, except no one wants to watch this continue, so it just ends. If the, if the sequel to Artemis Fowl has a different director and like a totally different team I can see it being one of those weird instances where the first movie is awful and the second one is actually good no I do not see this they spent 150 million dollars on this (laughs) to drop it on Disney plus there's no way this is getting a sequel it's not going to make its money back no if they did I I would have like a little glimpse of hope but not count on it. I I mean, this is I feel like how the Percy Jackson people felt you know, when those movies came out. Oh, you probably don't remember. Um, Percy Jackson. I remember. I mean, I always intended to get into Percy Jackson, but I never did. But I remember, like, looking online and people talking about it, and I had no idea what they were talking about. I just knew that they were angry. Yeah, that was another book to film adaptation that people just despise. And, yeah, Artemis Fowl people are, are so mad right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, most book adaptation, like movie to book, or vice versa, don't hit ever. Do you know what I just hated in this movie? Besides everything? Besides everything. Is the is how they treated the like the butler character and his niece. Mm-hmm. Oh god. Like it starts with Josh Gad being like his name is Butler, but don't call him but oh sorry. His name is Butler, but don't call him Butler, because then he'll get mad. And yeah, that dialogue was garbage. And then they hyped him up so much and then did absolutely nothing with them. Oh, his death scene where he dies and then the elf gets her magic back and she's like, no way, I can save him. And then just, um, (laughs) she brings magic and just brings him back to life immediately. Mm -hmm. Oh, it was, it's some of the most baffling choices. You can tell, like, it feels like reshoots. Yeah. What I found terrible was the his like niece or whatever. Do you even remember that she was in the movie? I was so excited for Juliet to be in this movie, like to like play a part. But you know mm-hmm. what she did? You know what the little the little like um per- person of color girl did? Made everyone sandwiches, <laughs> smiled and screamed. She made that like a total stereotype. Like they had to know. Like she's like, oh, she's trained in all of these things, and we brought her in specifically for this, for this operation. And then she goes, here, Artemis, here's a sandwich. I think you're hungry. And then she screams the entire time, and no one can understand what she's saying. I was so upset. I'm like, guys, you could not be this dumb to know that this does not look good. Like this. <laughs> They bring in a girl literally just to make sandwiches. Like, we, we we joke about that. But then they actually do it in the film, seriously. Oh. <laughs> in 2020. Even when um, Holly, or Officer Short, whatever you want to call her, when she got captured and um, Julia brings her the food... She doesn't even say anything when Holly tries to hypnotize her. It's Artemis who walks in and was like, we're not going to fall for that. She never, Juliet never stands up for herself the entire movie. It was weird. 
like yeah she walks in and like gives gives a sandwich to the elf right and the elf doesn't react or anything she just gets mad but then artemis comes in and the elf starts freaking out she's like where am i who are you and i'm like why didn't you freak out when the first person walked in i don't know i mean i didn't notice that at first but yeah and then the end she's such a side like she's so there just to be this um person of color token that at the end when they're all in the helicopter she's literally just in the background window waving at them as they leave mm-hmm. but like why why isn't she on the plane everyone else was on the plane did you understand a word she said during the troll scene? I don't remember her at all. She was just in danger the entire time. And she's like, oh, she had one line that I understood, which was watch out Artemis, I think. Oh, no, no. There's another line where she's where Artemis is mad and they're like, Artemis, you have to eat a sandwich. I'll make one for you. <laughs> <laughs> That's in the beginning of the movie, though. In the troll scene, she, like, high-pitched girl screams every little word that she says. It's it's bad. And you can tell that she's saying things, but she's, like, swinging on the chandelier, and, like, she's in danger. Oh, no. And, like, no one comes to... No, no one comes to save her. She doesn't save herself. Like, people are just screaming at her, and she's screaming back, and then she falls on the floor. And yet she still did a better job in this movie than Thirdia did as Artemis. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Thirdia, what he does, he says his line, and then he just stares until someone else says something. And there's just awkward silence. Like, if you didn't notice, he doesn't blink. Like, he just he stares there. <laughs> He'll say his line and just stop. And it's like he's waiting for someone to feed him a new line. I was ready to give that actor and, like, that character a lot of give because yeah. I'm a big fan of, like, the Sherlock's, Sherlock Holmes um, show with uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. And it's mm-hmm. kind of, like, that's what I assumed it was going to be. So I was going to be, like, oh, not a lot of, like, outward em- emoting, not a lot of, like, emotional connection. But... It's like the whole character was inconsistent and they were they were like like you could tell they were like oh we're going to bring up oh we're going to break all these stereotypes but then they did that they did that with Juliet they did that with Artemis and they did that with um Domavoy and then they just didn't do anything with it and it just looked really inconsistent and sometimes racist yeah no they act like he's super smart in this film, too, which is supposed to be, like, his lead characteristic is that he's smart. But what does he do that's actually smart? Besides wear sunglasses to, to not get hypnotized. He's like, the one that makes the plan to, like, capture the fairy and then makes one up on the spot to deal with the fairy army. And he's just, he's got a lot of, he's got confidence and that's it (laughs) he has his dad's journal and confidence but they don't utilize the like super intelligence or whatever that he's supposed to have except for in the beginning when they had to with the chair tax i have a feeling you got so much like non-ironic enjoyment out of it than me (laughs) because i can't really defend this it was it was rough it was rough and like I, if I had seen this and it had come out when I was twelve, or like eleven or twelve, I would have loved it. No, I mean, my little brother watched it with me. He's ten, and he lost interest after like twenty minutes of watching it. Mm-hmm. Which makes me wonder, like, who was this really? It felt like a kids' movie, but not like entertaining for kids. It felt like a lot of bad compromise. Like, oh, this is for the the OG readers, but it's also for the children so we can make bank, but it's also for this and this and this. Like, why does... I don't want to watch 
Judy Dench acts like she needs a cough drop all the time. Like, that's not... As a kid, <laughs> that can't be fun to watch. <laughs> oh, and then the stupid MacGuffin in this film, the Aculos. It's... Oh, the Aculos makes me so mad. They make such... They say it so many times. Alright, next time, because we're obviously going to watch this all the time, every year. Yearly tradition. Um... We have to do a drinking game. Take a shot every time someone says the Aculos. She'll be dead by, like, the second act. <laughs> if we're doing this by the time that we're both 21, mm-hmm. then we'll definitely do that. And it's going to be a really difficult to edit. <laughs> oh, we won't be able to edit because we'll be dead. Because they say Aculos too much. And you still didn't remember what it was called, even after all that. No, I didn't. I had, I had to be reminded. It was just, it's the fact that they make it so important. And it's like, okay, I felt like we were going to go on this quest, like literally leave the house anytime in the movie to go find it. But no, we just stay at the house again and again. And then, oh, wait, what? The Aculos is in the house? And then they use it to bring Colin Farrell back. And it just immediately brings him back, which is like, what? Okay. That was going to be like the only saving grace of this totally emotionally monotone movie. What? Like the, um, his character dying, Donovoy dying. Oh, no. Yeah, they just bring him back. Who cares? They don't, Immediately. They don't care. And then he's like, did I cry? And then... No, I was talking about... And then you forget that that was just the stupidest scene that you've ever watched. I was talking about the Aculos automatically bringing back Colin Farrell from being oh. captured. Yeah, yeah, like, they just press it and then he just escapes the villain or something. But then Artemis looks for him for, like, 30 seconds and he can't find... He can't, like, find Colin Farrell in the house. So Artemis is like, oh my god, he's dead. And then Colin Farrell shows up like two seconds later. He's like, dad, you're alive. I looked everywhere. I'm like, no, Artemis, you looked like two rooms for 30 seconds. (laughs) Mm. Yeah. I really wish that he had a bigger part. And there's a lot of things about their relationship that I don't understand. Like father-son relationship. He's there is no father-son relationship. Colin Farrell's actually like a real criminal. In the, I mean, not Colin Farrell. Um, the character he plays <laughs> part of, is um, a criminal in the books. But in this yeah. one, he's just like a good person. Yeah, he's supposed to be a criminal, but he does not act like one at all. And then he tells, like, his entire child childhood, like, all of his son's childhood, he was telling him about like Irish mythology and all of these things and testing him Mm -hmm. but if he if Artemis Fowl Jr. admires him so much and has this has been his only thing since his mother died you would think that he would actually believe in the fairies instead of going but they're not real I remember reading that his mom was supposed to be in the movie or something but something happened with um I think it was the actress or something, and they just like got rid of her and said that she died. She was supposed to be in it, but that's how inconsequential her death is. That it just doesn't matter. Did she die in the books too? No, she's alive, and it's like a problem for Artemis because he's trying to be evil, but his mom's like, "Be good, Artemis." He's like, "No, mom." <laughs> How do you feel about them making the fairies, like, so high-tech? It was weird that the fairies were, like, human human size in the first place. Because they just look like elves. But, yeah, I was fine with it, honestly. It wasn't a huge deal. Mm-hmm. I was confused when, like, Judy Dench walks in the house and she, like, talks to Artemis, right? Yeah. And then Artemis says something where he's like, now um, no fairies are allowed in the house. 
and then all of a sudden no fairies can enter the house but i'm like didn't judy dench just enter the house i don't they didn't utilize that properly and i get what they were trying to do because there's like very specific lore about like how to protect yourself from the fairies because in ireland fairies you don't mess with them they will eat your skin so Mm. like if you're going to interact with them there's a very specific set of etiquette that you have to follow for like both parties to be like safe yep but they didn't integrate that properly like at all and it wasn't consistent they didn't integrate anything properly at all nope no we're just going to be dunking on a movie for an hour. <laughs> so we got there are too. some parts that I like about it, but then like that cir- that very quickly circles back into the everything else that's wrong with it. There's just so much wrong that it doesn't it overshadows that. Yeah, right. Pretty much, yeah. I'm trying to think of other characters that I forgot about. Oh yeah, there was um one of the officers, fairy officers who like Overfroze Judy Dench, but then the fairies turn on him and they're they work with Judy Dench again. Do you even remember that subplot? Yes, I do. That was I was like, what, what was the point of that? Like, nothing happens. The whole point is that that's that is such a plot device character, specifically just so. The main antagonist knows what's going on. Wait, who's the main villain? What's what's the name again? Opal. Oh, Opal. Oh, Opal. Cowboy. Cowboy. I don't. I, These names are not. They're not interesting names where you like latch onto them. Like Star Wars has has names like Chewbacca and stuff where you kind of like connect with it easily. But I'm not like oh Domovoy. Yeah, I'm not gonna remember that. Mm-hmm. Was wasn't he from like Russia or whatever, and that's why his name was that? I didn't, I didn't know where he was from. They definitely said it, but it wasn't like relevant at any point. But Josh, yeah, the, Josh Gad the villain's said name it. is garbage. Everything about the villain is garbage. The costume for that I one just... I didn't like. The voice, like, why can its little device call a house phone? That doesn't make sense. Was the villain supposed to be, like, someone we know or something? I was confused what was the point. There's just this random person cloaked in shadow, like a Disney Channel movie. <laughs> Except there's no reveal about you... who he is. Or no. she is, I don't know. It's a she. Is it a she? Yeah, I think they definitely said it at one of the movies. And one of the points in the movie, because I was looking for it. But I don't remember where. I got so mad when Opal called the house, but, like, instead of calling Artemis Fowl, like, senior, who she had actual beef with, what do you like wrestling? There's wrestling? Yeah, you're, like, moving something. Not that I know of. Is it okay Mm. now? Yeah, I think we're good. Okay. I I was just calling it out, because, like, people are going to hear it. Yeah. I don't know what that was. Opal call instead of calling Artemis Fowl Senior, she actually has beef with. She calls the kid or something. Mm-hmm. I was like, why would you even call him? He wasn't even relevant until this all happens in like a day. Mm-hmm. It just I it, they make Artemis seem like such this important and and grand character, but he seemed like a normal kid who is just like addicted to people. Until this stuff happens, and all of a sudden, he's a criminal mastermind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they totally, like, I don't even know how they got it to a point where the characters are doing things, and then something else happens as a result of that, for it to make sense at all. Like, none of them did anything. And if they did do anything, it was supposed to be, like, implied and off-camera. There was so much that was thrown at me. Like, by 20 minutes, Colin Farrell was already kidnapped, and we were already in the meat of the plot. And I'm, this, I'm like, this is feeling really fast. 
and the whole movie has that like weird pacing to it where it's you know it feels really fast like they're throwing a ton at you yeah you can't understand it but it also feels like it's so long Ugh, i felt the same way at least the b movie like yeah it feels long but you know you can get some enjoyment out of it being the b movie this i don't get enjoyment out of it being feeling so long mhm oh such a pain yeah uh, I don't understand why his name is Artemis either. Like, just from, like, um, not even a movie standpoint, just in general. Yeah. I mean, every name in here is weird. Because, like, Artemis, or however you want to pronounce it, Greek-wise, is a goddess that's associated with the moon and is a huntress. How is this at all related to this little boy and his father. <laughs> oh, I mean, they probably have a better explanation in the books for literally everything. Yeah, probably. I was in... Dude, the thing that... The point where I watched that scene, and I'm like, okay, this has gone too far, is the, the mulch-digum Josh Gad scene where he digs into the house. Mm-hmm. At that point where he, like, opens his jaw and then eats dirt and, and poops it out, I'm like, this is the point we're at you know i don't know Uh, they like alluded to it when he was in the prison cell and the Mm -hmm. goblin was like as long as you're not as long as not no one's standing behind you (laughs) but then the thing that i wrote because i hated it so much (laughs) was josh gad's ass opens up dot 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 everyone dies yeah yeah, what is Josh Gad is such a bizarre like presence in this film. I don't know. There was some lines that like I really liked from him. No, I don't like anything from Josh Gad. <laughs> the one no. thing I don't I want to know if you catch if you caught this. Mm. Did you catch the line? Or the few lines when he's like negotiating with Commander Root, right. and he's like, "Did anyone ever tell you you're like David Bowie?" Oh yeah, and then they're like, "David Bowie was in, was a Barry." Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'm that not... was unnecessary, but it was the comedic relief that I needed to get through this movie. It wasn't good by any means. I just laughed because it was there. <laughs> Because that's the only joke in the movie. Mm-hmm. It, I thought it would be more self-aware. It felt like it was trying to be some somewhat self-aware, but it also felt like it was taking itself way too seriously for what it was. Mm-hmm. Oh, here's a question. Why mm-hmm. does Holly Short's music player that um, Josh Gad pickpocketed off of her have Foreigner on it? Foreigner? The band, Foreigner. Uh, I didn't catch that at all. He was listening to it in the prison cell, and it's like oh. super. It's a super iconic song, and then he explains to the goblins, like, oh, it's a classic if you're into human music. That scene was super dark, where, like, one of the prisoners tries to shoot a fireball or something at Josh Gad, and then Josh Gad, like, puts the fire in his brain. Yeah, because he it, was like, like kills him instantly. I like. I feel like murder wasn't the way to go for that because what was he even doing? What was he going to do? Was the goblin going to commit a hate crime because he was a big dwarf? Like that was so dumb. Where he felt like there was this whole thing where he felt ostracized because he was a he was a big dwarf. I'm like, dude, you could just be like. Aren't you just a person then? <laughs> like you're just you're just a regular person. People would be fine. If they were gonna make that like a kind of big subplot, then they would have had to explain like what his parents were, why is he like that? Is it a genetic defect? Are there others? Were they killed because they were big dwarves? Like Here's the thing. If you're gonna have a dwarf character, 
with a deep voice. Not just because, like, he plays these roles really well, not to be offensive or anything, but why wouldn't you get Peter Dinklage, you know, at least try to? Mm-hmm. It just, why Why would... It's it's fine to cast Josh Gad, but why, why make him speak like Batman? I don't... I don't... I, think, I guess because it just went with his character visually. No, no... There's got to be a point where he was narrating it. And they're like, why is... This voice is really bad. And they're like, wait till you see what Judy Dench does. I I don't even know what Judy Dench sounds like regularly. So I just went with it. And I was like, she's an old lady that, like, is a top. And that's it. She doesn't sound like she has smokers long. Okay. That, that's it. But yeah, I don't think I have too much else to really complain about. I mean, a lot of the positive things are just lines that I was like, okay, <laughs> this is terrible, but amazing. Like when Judy Dench, like, I don't know why we just can't call the characters their characters, but when she I don't pops remember out the of name. the ship and she's like, top of the morning. <laughs> <laughs> 10 out oh. of 10, best part of the movie. <laughs> All right. What is your favorite scene? Or like the the least worst scene, you know? The one that was tolerable. I'm trying to think of something specifically. It's definitely within the la of the first thirty minutes. I can go I can go first if you want. Yeah, go first. Go first. Alright. It's a tie between Josh Gad pooping dirt and <laughs> um the little girl making sandwiches for Artemis. Oh my god. Just, yeah. Um, favorite scene, very beginning, when they're just showing you the house. Because <laughs> mm. it's really pretty, and that's the, establishing that's the main shot. memories of the movie. That's the best scene of the movie, guys, if you haven't seen it. It's the establishing shot of, of the, the manor. Yeah, that... Th- I want to live in it so bad, and it all goes down the fact there. that I can, if I had the means to, is making me very angry. Well, they don't have like plumbing in there, do they? I mean, they put in heating and cooling, so I don't see why they wouldn't. They put in heating and cooling. Yeah, mm. it's like a house house. It's a nice touch. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be sitting there, right? Like, am I going to live in it? I mean, they, in the article that they re- that I read, it, like, alluded to the fact that they were going to repair the damage that they had to make for the troll scene. Mm-hmm. So I assume, like, it's fine. So usually this is the point where we talk about a sequel thing. We talked about Wonder Woman 2, hopefully a B-movie 2. I mean, what do you want to see... If there's a world where we get Artemis Fowl 2. Is there anything you want from this? I don't want it. But if there... <laughs> <laughs> Definitely don't need it. But if there was going to be a second one. First of all, I want a whole new team. Sammy Sheldon Differ can stay. But everybody else needs to go different actor like usually i hate it when people switch the actors but different actor for the kid get rid of juliet steve's trying to reboot the whole thing yeah just, then just, just match like, that reboot change the world building to plot development ratio because it's so you sound like a robot there like Oops. but yeah <laughs> i think a reboot's the best way because um Remember Percy Jackson, what they're doing now is they're rebooting it for a Disney Plus series, kind of like a Mandalorian type, type oh, thing. Okay. So I think that's the best way to go. Skip skip movies. Just make it in a TV series and adapt like a book a season. Give you some time to flesh mm-hmm. out everything. I think that's the best way to go. Yeah. And I think people would like it more because a lot, like circling back to Sherlock Holmes, that's like the format that it's in is a, a big reason why people liked it a lot. I feel like that's why I liked it a lot. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, 
a child-friendly Sherlock Holmes, and then there's all these other different mythical things going on. And then, yeah, I feel like it would be a lot more popular and structured a lot better if it was like that. Now, I wonder what Judy Dash is going to be in next. Is there anything confirmed? Just anything she's in, we got to be, like, a little weary about. Like, oh, okay. Mm. She's going to be in the... Like, you know how um, Justice League is getting a director's cut? I, th- I think I told you about that. Yeah. So, I think, let's get a Sonic the Hedgehog cut with the original Sonic design. And Judy Dench replaces Jim Carrey as Eggman. <gasps> mm-hmm. Perfect. Yep. yep. And she still does this um, smoker's line voice. Mm-hmm. We just... And then Josh Gad narrates it. Mm-hmm. I want Josh. Oh, I just. Yeah, go ahead. I just realized that we didn't talk about the thing that makes the single scene that they did so badly that literally makes the entire rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. Which is when the when Holly mentions that she even has a dad, past or present, and then Artemis is like, <gasps> "Yeah, oh, a friend." <laughs> he takes off his glasses. She's like, "Oh, I had a dad once," and Artemis just whips him off, and he's like, "All right, I trust you now." This kid is not smart. You cannot convince me. I'm sorry. But no, he's dumb an kid. idiot. He didn't even think about it. He just whipped his glasses off. You would have think there would have been like at least like a ten seconds of contemplation. No, oh, no contemplation. It was like a parody. <laughs> mm-hmm. So since they like dumped this on Disney Plus, right? I gotta wonder if we see because um theaters aren't open right now. If we see more movies drop on Disney Plus, should we be worried? Or do you think this was a one-time thing where they just didn't know what to do with it and future movies they drop in Disney Plus could be better? The environmental factors that had to happen in order for this movie to exist mm-hmm. I don't think can be replicated. Yeah, because I know they're dropping another movie in August that was supposed to come out in theaters. I'm a little worried now <laughs> because of Artemis Fowl. I don't want Disney Plus to be like, okay, these movies won't do good in theaters, so let's just dump them. Like this, $150 million it cost to make this movie. That could have made 150, mm-hmm. 150 like indie movies, you know? Actually good movies. Yeah. Uh, let's raise this I thing. Think... I don't even have, like, a clever... I don't even have a clever thing. Two, like, one and a half Bs out of five Bs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go lower than you. I'm going to go one, one B. One Barry B. Benson. One Barry B. What did Benson. I rate? I think I rated one and a half for the B movie, so this is lower. This is... Because the B movie is one of those so bad it's good type situations. This is... Oh, God. This is like yeah, a migraine. It's a migraine that. movie. <laughs> yeah, I asked you that when you texted me. <laughs> You're like, oh god, this movie's a train wreck. Mm. And I was like, a good train wreck or a bad train wreck? Yeah, there can be good train wrecks. Like, No, I mean, that is going to be taken out of context. <laughs> 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 wow. Um, yeah, I have a lawsuit now. But no, there could be, in terms of films, there could be good train wrecks. But this was just, it was hard. It was hard. Mm-hmm. And there were better movies, like Spike Lee, if you don't know Spike Lee. He dropped a new movie, which was which was great. But instead of watching that, I was like, okay, let's put an Artemis Fowl. Yeah. yeah. You know, Pete Davidson also dropped a movie last weekend. Oh my god, I'm so excited. I've been waiting for so long. Yeah, you hear about the the king? The king of Staten Island? Yes, yep. yes, 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 yes. I was gonna I was gonna say we should do it on here, but it was twenty bucks, so I was like we're not gonna do it just for one episode, but mm-hmm. 
my mom bought it on accident, Ooh. so I have to watch it before that doesn't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. But I was so excited. Well, did- like, I didn't even know that that was happening until I got into, like, a infatuation phase with Pete Davidson, and then I saw the trailer, and I screamed. He looks like Kristen Stewart if Kristen Stewart did crack. You know? But he has better acting ability. He does have Kristen a lot Stewart. better acting ability than Kristen Stewart. Hmm. I do like him. I did like him a lot. You're going to like the movie. It was one of the best of the year. Oh, I'm so excited. Yeah. yeah. He was in another movie. It's on Hulu. So if you want, yeah, to big time adolescent at any point, I, yeah. I I heard about that. I haven't gotten to it yet. Should get to it soon. But yeah, I think you didn't rent art. Uh, you didn't rent King of Staten Island, right? You bought it for twenty, so it shouldn't go away. Mhm. Yeah, you should have plenty of time. I hope not. Mhm. Pete Davidson is. The only reason I'm watching the second Suicide Squad, so... Oh, if Pete Davidson was Artemis Fowl, I'd probably watch Artemis Fowl, too. (laughs) Can you imagine? They should just pass, like, someone really tall in just the role of Artemis Fowl. Just like this, a a grown man. A grown man just covered in tattoos. Like, the guy... He's like, my dad, my dad! The guy who plays Butler will play Artemis Fowl, and I'd be be fine with it. Mm Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's that's about it. This was fun, kind of. Well, it's fun to talk about, but not mm-hmm. fun to watch. Everyone, there, so avoid it. There was a lot to touch on. People, you have Disney Plus, probably. You could watch this for free. Don't do it. Just don't go outside. You know. It will damage you. There's nature out there. Nature's nice. Look at some birds. Don't watch this. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what we're going to do next week. I mean, if all else fails, I could probably get a part two out of all of these notes. You do have a... You got to send me those notes. You send me the B-movie notes. I got to take a look at them. <laughs> Every time I write a novel, you just... <laughs> you, there's a lot. Do you have no, like, um, communist ties or anything this time? No, no, like, political un- <laughs> underplots this time. Yeah, I was kind of disappointed by that. There wasn't- I mean, what part of Artemis Follows screams communism to you? Um... Uh... <laughs> uh I've- I don't remember so much of this movie. I'm so glad you watched it like an hour ago, because otherwise we would have both forgot. Yeah, no, there's no way I would have remembered like half of the stuff that you didn't remember either. The Aculus. I think that's the move, is like you watch it whenever and I watch it the day of. <laughs> well, it works for, I remember Wonder Woman pretty well, because, you know, I actually cared about Wonder Woman. This, mm-hmm. I just, I knew that we'd get so much out of it. Yeah, I've been looking at the timer and be like so much and been like we haven't even scratched the surface. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully, I don't know, maybe we'll do something good next week. Maybe we won't, guys. Because last time we tried to do Groundhog Day, which was supposed to be good. And we just... It's not good. It's nostalgic. I feel like there's yeah. that there's a big difference that people just don't it get. It felt like watching like a, you know, like a cartoon you used to watch when you were a kid. And then you're like, oh, this doesn't hold up. Except, I never watched it as a kid, so. It never held up. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, so, you know, probably do cast next week. No, I won't. God. (laughs) You said something good. But cats will will be an episode. Because we need more Judy Dench content. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's our subreddit. I almost forgot the subreddit. The subreddit, um, uh, Judy Dench fan fan club, where we just cast her in movies, is, fan caster. Is it a, is it actually a thing? Well, it's gonna be. And if it see the thing about the subreddit, I just make a subreddit every week. Hopefully. Oh, you make a subreddit every yeah. week. Yeah, I was unaware of 
of the creation part. It'll be r slash Judy Dench lovers 69420. <laughs> I, she's very underrelated. I like her. Mm-hmm. It's just the roles that she plays that I usually don't like. Judy Dench, if you're listening, because you probably are, fire your manager. Go outside. Look at nature. Just pick something good, Judy. <laughs> but yeah, that'll be all for us, right? Yeah, I think so. So I guess, you know, how how likely do you think we'll be back next week? Maybe we'll take another week off. Be mysterious. Mm, I don't want to take another week no. off, but... We'll, we'll be back next week, guys. We're sorry about last week, but if you knew, you knew. Y'all didn't watch Groundhog Day. We did. It was... Yeah. Absolute garbage. No, I... It wasn't absolute garbage, but it wasn't enough to talk about. For note-taking, it was absolute garbage, because you know I write novels, right, you about, write novels. The, about every movie. Yep. But uh, we'll be back. So, we're going to sign off. Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye, guys.